I've said enough when it comes to that topic. I don't think we need to go back there. I don't think you've said... Now, I know the story because I made you tell me and I can't believe I hadn't heard it before. But I feel that we've teased everybody and we've now established that we do have some really loyal listeners. A couple of messages to say they're hardcore fans. Don't you think they deserve... You gave them the title of this story, but you're not giving them the information to go with the story. I feel like there's a lot of information in the title. <laughs> let's let's be honest. Now I, I tell you what, for the hardcore fa- core fans, if you ever see me in real life at a tournament, maybe if you pop out to Shanghai at any point, if you're in Shanghai, <laughs> feel free to ask me, and I will happily, over a cup of coffee, explain the whole story from start to finish. Uh, but other than that, uh, I think it, it's been enough. It's it's enough for the podcast. I, I it, there's a danger of this podcast <laughs> becoming something that we don't want it to become. <laughs> And there's a lot for us to talk about this week. And I I think that it was fun last week. And uh, yeah, let's leave it at that. New episode. We're moving on. I have to say the most fun part was when we'd finished recording the podcast and you attempted... I say attempted to tell me the story because you you genuinely couldn't stop laughing. And I was trying to piece together words and phrases and sentences in between you laughing to the point that I didn't know what you were talking about. (laughs) Which was just, which was just really, but I think that the funniest thing for me is that, as I said last week, I was off to take the boys to their tennis lesson. So I had your story in my mind, sort of smiling about it. And the boys were playing on their own and I was sitting upstairs looking down at them and at, and at one point, um, the elder of the twins um, sort of put his hands across his body as if to say, I need to go to the toilet. And the coach looked up, up at this window with a kind of panicked look in his eye as if to say, because obviously he was going, I think I need to go. I think he needs to go to the toilet right now. And the coach is looking as if to say, you need to come now. And I was laughing so much because of what we had talked about in the podcast. <laughs> and I kind of, I ran down the stairs. I met him and he was like, mommy, why are you laughing? And I obviously couldn't explain it. And then he went back out onto the court and the coach was like, this is, and I was just laughing about the whole thing. But it was just the fact that it had happened. I mean, it didn't happen, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. And it didn't nearly happen. But the fact that I thought it might happen. Well, I think we would have quite the bond if both of us had a shared experience. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of a turd on the baseline <laughs> so I'm glad things worked out for you better than it did for me yeah there was there were the, it made it to the toilets and it was it was fine it's just the way it happened about an hour after we'd um I'd heard the story <laughs> and I I myself actually couldn't stop laughing but no I agree if if people see maybe there'll be a chance at the O2 when we're together if anyone if you see me I will guide you to Naomi and I will sit you down with her and you can hear the story, okay? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm so glad that we don't have millions of listeners. <laughs> because can you imagine if this constantly I was being asked about that <laughs> wherever I went. Thankfully, as much as we have fantastic listeners, we're, we're not quite at that scale yet. So I don't think this will be a regular occurrence. So if it does happen, I'll be happy to chat it through with you. And we can, uh, we can, we can get into the meat of the story, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> Now, it's, um, if we're sounding slightly delirious, it's, uh, it's late night Shanghai. Mm. Um, how is your... <laughs> we, we won't get to see a lot of each other. The TV and radio world, it feels <laughs> very, very separate. How's your Shanghai experience so far? It's been good, actually. Quite quick, we had a day. Well, I, I had a day with, when I flew in 
to kind of adjust to 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 Shanghai and kind of just go out and about. I was really I was just trying to stay awake. Right, that's that's the, that's the number one task. And actually, all you ask each other is just how's the jet lag? How's the jet lag? I think we're on day four now. Day yeah, day four, and it's still kind of how's the jet lag? How's the jet lag? Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, we actually uh, popped along to uh, a market. You know, one of those markets that sells all the fakes, but really good fakes, almost better than the real thing. Or well, that's what they say. That's how they get you. <laughs> I've learned that. And did they get you? <laughs> well, they didn't get me. I, I did choose to buy for some things, but I got a really nice pair of sunglasses, and uh, I, I bought a bag as well. And I tell you what, as far as fakes go, this is top of the range, <laughs> I must say. But that was really fun, actually. Did you haggle on price, or did you just take the first price that was put out there? I haggled meekly. It was not an impressive performance. It's not really my thing. I got a bit off both items. But it was a, it was a bit meek. Basically, I said no this much, and they said, mm, "How about this in the middle?" And I went, "Yeah, fine." I didn't really try that hard. Uh, but I mean, we got the two things, and um, yeah, that was enough. I then had to stop because I just kind of kept getting tempted by all these different things. So it was very much kind of hands in pockets. Everything looked locked away. But that was a good and successful start. Where's the competitive? Cavity. Where's the competitive cavity that I know and love? Who's going to haggle it right down to the the base level where the person is on their knees saying, "Okay, take it, take it. It's a deal." Where's that person? I, I've just never really been like that. <laughs> I, I'm just more sort of the the person when when they say, "Well, you know, I, for anyone else, I would do it for this much, but for you, <laughs> I'll do it for half." And I'm just like, "Oh, wow, all right, thanks." <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's a shame I didn't have more money to spend because I think they were pretty happy with uh, <laughs> with me being around. But uh, I know I did well at just kind of restricting myself to the to the two things. But I'm really pleased with them, and I and I'm really pleased that the guy gave me such a good price. I bet he wouldn't have given you that price. That's what he said anyway. It was only for me, <laughs> and and I and I got the thing. So I kicked off my Shanghai uh, really nicely, and it did a good job. Got through the jet lag. I've eaten a lot of dumplings. I tell you what dumplings out of this world in Shanghai so good lots of dumplings uh with soy sauce and uh yeah haven't quite made it down to the bund to see the the skyline that's kind of next on the agenda but I don't think I'm gonna have any time to be honest because tennis tends to be an all-day <laughs> event <laughs> and, and part of the night when you're not shopping at the market it seems the key thing is will you tell people they are fakes or will you try and pass them off as real because I went to Bangkok one year a few years ago and got a bag fake bag I got someone else to do the haggling because I am absolutely rubbish I wouldn't have done well, why any are you giving me grief about it then if you're terrible as well because you're the competitive one out of the two of us we've established right. that long ago in a podcast far far away we established <laughs> that out of the two of us don't believe you <laughs> You are the competitive one. I would have been rubbish if someone did it on my behalf. But I can't lie. So whenever I've worn it and someone said, oh, that's a really nice whatever bag, I, I immediately say, it's fake. It's like I can't help it. The words just come out immediately. That's a lovely bag. It's fake. It's not real. I just I just can't help but saying it, although it looks very nice. So what are you going to do with your bag and sunglasses? Well, I, I think if somebody says it's a nice bag, I'll just say thanks. <laughs> 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 if they say where did you get it I'll say from a Chinese market anyway very happy the bag is bright yellow 
though. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's bright yellow. Bright yellow. It's a grey. You've probably seen me from a distance. You could see me somewhere. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not bright yellow. It's a nice yellow. I've sold this very badly. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a cheap Chinese fake special price just for me in bright yellow. <laughs> Sounds awful. Is it the yellow of the, 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 the Nike kit has at the moment? You know, that fluorescent sort of highlighter yellow that they've got for the baseball caps and the sweatpants? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's not tennis ball yet. It's mustard. Yes. So anyway, that was that was life pre-tennis. Uh, but then the tennis starts. And as you say, it's just so hectic. We barely get the chance to speak, except a little bit on WhatsApp, because, well, we've been kind of alternating matches so far, haven't we? Yeah. We, we haven't... Is that right? We were not doing the same thing, because I'm doing TV, you're doing radio. But it has just ended up that if I, when I'm on air, you're, on, you're not. And when you're on air... I'm not, and uh, <laughs> very nature of it, long days. But the one match we were sort of both on together, because I did the end of the first set of Andy Murray. Ah, yes. The tie break. And then mm. we swapped over in our commentary box because I'd just done the Federer match. But then you saw that match right the way through to the end. And then I was, I was watching a little bit of it. I was listening to a little bit of it. <laughs> it was great fun. It was great fun. Of course it was going to be great fun. It's Murray against Fanini. It's brilliant. It's exactly what you you want from the match and everything you thought it could be was exactly what it was. Firstly, we'll address the tennis and Murray again, brilliant. He he was even better than he was in the first round against Londero. I thought that throughout the whole match he was great and he really upped his level in the third. The tennis we were watching was great. Some of the gets that he picked up was amazing. Uh, yeah, just another really good step in the right direction. Again, another in-form player pushing him all the way. So, got to just say, oh, just so impressive. Just so impressive. And I know I get bored of a lot of things very easily, but I will never, <laughs> never, ever get bored at watching Murray chase down balls and looking like he is nowhere near them and then suddenly comes out of nowhere, flicks it past you and just says, yeah. That'll do. Uh, so that was pretty good, I think. Big positives for for the Brit fans. And you got to say, I mean, Fanini, pretty patchy, but Fanini, um, you know, he kind of rocks patchy, doesn't he? It's like he's kind of like made it his own <laughs> brand. Like, you know, it's normally a bit of a criticism about players. But actually, I found when I was talking about Fanini, I was when I when I was kind of setting things up, it was more like, well, yeah, he's. He is a bit patchy, but it's almost that makes him more dangerous. And the fact that he's a bit casual with certain things, he can just kind of flick winners past you and that sort of thing. It's uh, it's just very different. You have to have the personality that Fanini has to be able to deal with the game that Fanini's got. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's incredible how he generates the power. It's incredible how he looks disinterested a lot of the time the the go-to for Fanini is just fiddling with his strings he just looks down I don't know whether he's trying to count to 10 and not explode at times today you thought he might but I thought he contained himself very well when it did start to kick off slightly he puffs out the chest and and he struts about the court he is look he's an incredibly talented individual you speak to so many people don't you and they say from that group which was Djokovic Mario Fanini all born within days of each other that it was Fabio Fanini at a very young age that everyone was saying this is astonishing and he can do astonishing things with a tennis racket just hasn't always been consistent enough but one thing he is consistent in doing is the chattering and getting under people's skin and today's match got more than a little bit spicy 
<laughs> it did. There was a bit of a confrontation at one point. It was uh, it was quite extraordinary. Um, yeah, it was tough to figure out what happened. Murray was on top of the net and was just going to put away a ball. It was a very simple ball to put away. And Fanini shouted as he was putting the ball away, like kind of trying to distract him, really. And at the time, I didn't say anything because I thought, it seemed like that was Fanini, but it can't have been Fanini. Like, why would he do that? <laughs> you just wouldn't do that, would you really? And uh, so I just thought it must have been somebody in the crowd. And that's a bit annoying. But, you know, Murray put the ball away and he won the points. Not a big deal. Turns out it was Fanini. And also turns out it was a big deal. <laughs> so <laughs> Murray, Murray not happy at all. Um, and then it, it, it kind of all kicked off because Murray stared at Fanini. And then Fanini was saying, don't look at me and don't complain. And then Murray was saying, well, hang on, he shouted during the point. And, and then it just descended into, into chaos. And, it, and it, it, it got to the point where Murray just quite plainly told Fanini to shut up, um, which was my favourite bit. And if you haven't seen it, you've got to watch it because <laughs> it was great. It was like two bickering <laughs> brothers or something. It was just, it was just brilliant. But um, that, I think, was the disagreement and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you made of it, but it was a bit difficult to tell right at the time. But then it became very clear as <laughs> to what had happened. It became very clear, and Murray has since spoken in his press conference, and they were asking him, "So, what was the situation?" And as you said, he heard someone cry out, so he was looking in that direction, and Fanini was saying, "Well, stop looking at me." And Murray was trying to say, "Well, I'm I'm looking over there because someone shouted out," and Fanini kept saying, "Stop looking at me." And then Murray clicked that it was actually Fanini that had yelled out, and it was. When they came back to the chair and Andy Murray was speaking to Fergus Murphy, who was in the chair, I agree with you. And I'm not saying we're, we're condoning telling anybody to shut up, especially not in their situation, but it's the way Murray said it, which is why people need to look it up on social media. This is a man with children. It was just, it, it was just, he was talking to Fergus Murphy and in the background you could hear the sort of, the nattering of, stop complaining. What's he talking about? As, as Fanini was muttering in his chair and Murray just quick look, shut up. And then just carries on with Fergus Murphy. And there's a few people that laugh in the crowd. It's just the way he delivered it. But then I, I have to say, Fergus Murphy was great. He said, like, I know I'm going to deal with it, but I can't deal with it while you're talking to me. So, so you need to stop and just settle. Then I will deal with the situation. I mean, they were just, there were many reasons to smile as this situation unfolded. And I know then some people on social media were saying, I can't wait for the handshake. There's not going to be a handshake. And while they weren't cuddling each other at the end, they do respect each other. They are grown-ups. And I do not see them taking this further beyond this. It was something that came... Look, there's a lot at stake. We have to remember, for Andy Murray, he is a competitive beast who wants to get back to somewhere near where he was before. And for Fabio Fanini, he's in the hunt for a place in London. Now, this is a special thing for players. Some players have it as a goal at the start of the year. Dominic Team saying, one of my goals was London. He's in London. Fabio Fanini, he is hovering. And it, that, even if it doesn't seem like it, and even if he says it's not, it is a big deal if Fanini can make it to the Tour Finals. Yeah, he made it clear that it, it, he's not thinking about London. He's just taking it match by match. But he was locked into that third set he was in trouble Murray was serving for it and in the breaker he didn't up it one level he jumped up two or three levels and the, le the level he produced there Murray just couldn't live with it right now Murray just could not live with it. he didn't do much wrong really Fellini was fabulous 
in that breaker. And actually, on the interview that we got after the match, you know, the on-court interview with um, Fanini after he, <laughs> he won, his explanation of the situation was <laughs> tough to get my head around because he said, Andy needs to not be so serious because, okay, he had a really easy ball on top of the net. And I just thought, well, maybe if I shout out, you know, I try something different. Uh, basically saying, like, I, oh, you know, it might put him <laughs> off. And it, it was an easy ball. And he won the point. Why is he complaining? Which is why he had told Andy to stop complaining. Because he was basically like, you won the point. Stop complaining. I, I kind of wanted to be like, but Fabio, it was five all in the third set. It's not, it's not like, you know, when it's like 6 2. Four one or something. Uh, you, know, you could understand him being like, I don't know why this guy's being so serious. Like it's just one of those things. He had an easy put away. He won the point. Not a big deal. But it's like, <laughs> it was such a good match. It was already a tense match, and he was already fired up. And as you say, there's a lot to play for. So it was just a bit odd. I, I felt like his expectation of of Andy to just be like chilled out when he had deliberately trying to put him off <laughs> it is against the rules. And uh, and then had got Arcee with him when Andy had looked at him. I think it, I, I felt like, um, yeah, I'm not really buying that, Fabio. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I, I kind of wanted to go with it. I'm I'm all, I always err on more of the side of okay, let's all chill out. We're playing tennis here. But there I was like, yeah, no, n- not on board. <laughs> Fabio Fanini with that win. He's thirteenth in the in the race to London. We know that Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, Medvedev and team have qualified. Tsitsipas is very, very close. Nishikuri, injured, not playing at the moment. Gail Morfis lost today. So Fanini, if he wins his next round, he might go 10th. He might go above Berrettini. So that, look, there's still, there's still lots going on. But Andy Murray, the other news, and I was contacted by a radio station to do an interview today, they said, we need to talk about the Andy Murray news. We need to talk. We can't believe it. That news that they couldn't believe was that he will be taking part in the Australian Open in January. And they possibly couldn't believe it because we had the retirement video for Andy Murray at the Australian Open earlier this year, which was a little bit unusual and strange at the time. But now he said that he's going to be at the Australian Open next year. Yeah, it was a bit premature. <laughs> it was premature at the time, and I felt think that we all kind of felt that. And then as the year has progressed, it's, it's felt kind of even worse. And yeah, he's going to be back in January, which is great. I'm not really sure why people are surprised. As you say, only the, the farewell video, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> I mean, look, he's going to get quite a few montages when he does end up uh, retiring. But uh, there we go. He's already had one, so he's experienced it. Uh, it's probably why he held it together so well, because he was like, well, I mean, I'll probably be back. So, <laughs> uh, But, I mean, of course he's going to play. Of course he's going to play. He's beaten a top 20 player. He nearly beat... Fanini ranked 12 in the world. He pushed Diminor all the way, who won the title. He was close to Dominic Team. Of course he's going to play in the Australian Open. I mean, obviously they'd have to give him a, a wild card because, well, I mean, he could potentially be ranked high enough. Uh, but, you know, he currently looks like he's he's not quite going to be. But uh, he's playing in Antwerp next. So if he has a good run there, then he absolutely could be getting his ranking up um, nearing that. But one imagines he would get a wild card. And yeah, I don't know. Of course he's going to play. Everyone was kind of freaking out today. And I was like, yeah, I thought, <laughs> I kind of thought this was old news. Surely if he gets a wild card, he'll play. But then someone said to me, it's amazing news about Murray. Do you think he'll play singles? Where have these people been? Have they been <laughs> watching? <laughs> they like... haven't watched tennis since Wimbledon, have they? They've missed it all. 
Antwerp. Can I just link this to Kyle Edmund? Sure. A lot of points to defend in Antwerp next week. He's now got five first round exits in a row. I was talking to a couple of people and it's tough for Kyle Edmund at the moment. The ranking is dropping down. From Monday, he will no longer be British number one. That will go to Dan Evans. For Murray to have become British number one again, he would have had to win Shanghai. For Cameron Norrie to be British number one, he would have had to get to the semi-finals in Shanghai. So with Medvedev beating Norrie and Fanini beating Murray, it does mean that Dan Evans is the new British number one on Monday. As far as Kyle Edmund's concerned, at this stage of the season... Would there be a thinking, or would you as a player think, nothing is going right, he parted ways with Mark Hilton, needs to sort out the coaching thing, shut down the season, let's just can it now and let's start afresh? Or does that do more harm than good because you would go into an extended off-season feeling quite negative about everything? Or would it be a positive thing to do? Well, firstly, I'm not really sure I followed your British number one a thing an analysis but I think I know what you mean because I, I kind of know the situation <laughs> but yeah one of them is British number one one of them will be British number one <laughs> in terms of point it was very it was very very simple at the start of stay the only person who couldn't be doesn't sound simple British okay this is the simple version for you Are you still jet lagged the simple version is at the end of today before the matches were played the only person who couldn't be British number one was Kyle Edmund because Murray had a chance if he'd won the tournament Norrie had to get to the semi-finals. Neither of those things have happened. So your new British number one on Monday will be Dan Evans. Oh, excellent. Okay, right. There we go. I followed it better that time. Maybe I just wasn't <laughs> listening. Uh, that does happen. <laughs> Doesn't sound like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing how often that happens. Yes, uh, but we weren't talking about Dan, were we? We were talking about Kyle. <laughs> I'm so confused. Oh, my word. Why are you doing this to me? Stop saying multiple <laughs> names. Just pick one. Okay. Kyle. Edmund. Um, yes. Well, he has a huge amount of points to defend. Unfortunately for him, he's not playing great. Uh, just having a bit of a tough time. It happens. Everybody's going to have dips. We have long seasons, long careers. It's year in, year out. It's relentless. It's not anything to panic about. But yeah, I don't know about wrapping up the season because he does have those points to defend. Yeah, it's always a tough one, isn't it? Do you just keep playing and playing and hoping that the level is just going to come to you? Or do you think I need to go and change something? I need to go away, work on something, develop my game, come back with a fresh look and a different game. So it's difficult to know which one it is. If motivation is the issue and that you're just a bit low on motivation, and again, like that is something that happens to everyone. From Novak Djokovic down, everybody has dips in motivation. If that's what it is, then I'd say carry on playing because having time off isn't really going to help that. Unless you feel burnt out, then maybe a rest is what you need. If it's that your game is just not great at the moment and you feel like you've got vulnerabilities and your serve isn't working or this shot or that maybe his forehand doesn't feel great, which is his biggest weapon, then maybe wrapping up the season early is a good idea because you need to go away and work on those elements. And we have quite a short off season, so it's quite tough to get a lot of work done most people or most players will want to go into an off season and th pick out one or two skills that they want to develop when I mean, you can't do it all you have to pick because it is quite a short window so maybe extending that may help uh, yeah 
It's a, it's a tough one to know, and I'm sh- I'm sure it's tough for him to know as well. Now, I'm not sure if you're going to be any use on this, but maybe someone listening might be. Probably not. But do you... <laughs> Not going to lie. Uh, well, you might just make something up, because we know that. Yeah. So this, is, this could be good. I'll try. That's all I can promise. <laughs> do you know anything about children's party etiquette? Well, no. Well, no, I, I can't even make anything up about that. It's <laughs> so far out of my realm of knowledge. Well, it's so far out of my realm of knowledge. Boys have started school. I'm being hit with children's parties left, right and centre. Mm. Now, I don't have the boys' birthday for a while, but suddenly questions. Do you invite the whole class? Some of the class? Just the boys? How do you how do you do this with children's parties? Do you have to accept all the invitations? What do you buy? How much do you spend on a present for a now five-year-old? I mean, this is this is a whole new world. Honestly, every day they come back with a little book bag there's another invitation to a party. It's incredible. Every single weekend, there aren't even that many children. I don't know where these birthdays are coming from. There's not even that many children in the year. Every single weekend seems to have two children's parties in it. Wow. What do you do? That's a that's a busy social s- schedule for a four-year-old. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you politely say... You can't make it. Do you pick and choose a few of them? Do you have to go to all of them? Then when it comes around to your turn, do you have to invite everybody? I mean, this is, it's a whole new world that there is no escaping from. Well, what I can say is that you're asking the wrong person. And I can pretty much guarantee that my advice is terrible advice. But I'm going to give it. (laughs) So, (laughs) of course I am. You've asked. I will answer. I cannot, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. (laughs) So, (laughs) come on then. It's not that interesting. What I would say is if you stop caring about what people think, then you can just do what you want. Don't go to any parties, go to them all, and then not have a party yourself. That's great. That's a statement. Go to everyone's birthday party and then say, not going to throw one ourselves, actually. We don't like parties. <laughs> but if you just don't care about the etiquette and you don't care whether people get a bit miffed or a bit this or a bit that, you just let go of it. Just let it go. It's all fine. No, no one will hold it against you. And then just do whatever. Just go to some. Pick the best ones. Pick the best ones. If there's a bouncy castle involved, focus on them. And having boys suddenly go to a girl's party, what do you buy a five-year-old girl? I mean... Who knows? I mean, again, this is this is all this is all new to me. Any advice well, on that? Just get the five-year-old girl what you'd get a boy. It's fine. Yeah, sort of snapping dinosaur that you wear on your wrist. Is that going to go down well? I reckon so. I'd love that. You think so? you, you'd like that? Would you? Okay. Well, not now. Next birthday sorted. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as the years go by the pod, it gets further away. But, <laughs> okay, <laughs> would, would you have been a fun person to follow on Instagram or not? Oh, well, it, it, well, say I committed fully to Instagram. Is that what you're saying? So say I was an Instagrammer because I just wouldn't have done Instagram, as people can tell by my Instagram account now. You'd be a <laughs> tennis player, not an Instagrammer. I'm not saying you're suddenly an influencer, but if you had an Instagram account as a player, would you have done stories and bits and being quite entertaining or not not really i don't think my life's that interesting which is why i don't really do much uh <laughs> social media even here in shanghai the amount of times i've thought i should probably say something about being in shanghai because like i'm in shanghai i mean if you can't tweet about your life when you're in shanghai at a masters watching andy murray tell fabio fanini to shut up 
when can you? But even then, I kind of look at it and I'm like, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's interesting. I just assume that people aren't interested. But if I was a proper Instagrammer and I was super into it, then uh, no, I think it'd be pretty dull. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were an Instagrammer and you're really into it, it'd be pretty dull. One person I'm, I'm finding more and more interesting is Maria Sharapova. And it took me a while to follow her because whenever I've had to interview her, she is terrifying, mildly terrifying. She <laughs> gives you that look. I remember once in, I'm terrified of a lot of people. She really terrifies me. And I remember there was one interview in Indian Wells a few years ago. And we were interviewing the, the top eight players, Media Day. And you got a little chunk with them. It's quite nice. And they said, right, you've got four minutes. And, you know, they either say you've got three questions and sometimes you try and squeeze in four. Four minutes, you try and squeeze out five minutes. You just try and push it a little bit. So she sat on the stool. She was very polite. Not really much expression on the face. She just waited. And then you start the interview and I'm kind of grinning like a Cheshire cat going, oh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. She had a quick look down subtly at her watch. And then I was asking a question further down the interview and she just looked up politely and said, that's the four minutes, your interview's over. <laughs> I honestly didn't know what to say because normally you have someone from the press, from the media, tapping on the shoulder, saying last question or give you a little sign to wrap it up. But I've never had the player actually sort of bring it to a close. She had timed it to the second, stopped the watch, said interview done. So yeah, sort of mildly terrifying. Gave you some stuff, not a huge amount, but you follow her on Instagram and there's jokes and there's this and there's that. And she's documenting the workouts and the bit she's doing. And I know she has her sweets to promote. So there's a reason for it. But I've generally found her quite a lot of them. I, I just can't really be bothered with. But I actually look for her Insta stories because they're quite interesting. There's a little bit of everything. Yeah, well, for those sorts of people, but they are actually really interesting people. It is interesting to get a snapshot of her day and the life of a tennis player. And I think for a lot of them, it, it is interesting to look at the workouts that they're doing uh, and that sort of thing. So I'm, I, I describe myself as a lurker on social media. I like Ooh, to... That doesn't sound good. I like to lurk around. <laughs> Why would you describe yourself as a lurker? What's wrong with in, that? In, in, no, I'm a lurker. I'm a lurker. And I just kind of peer into other people's lives. But I don't really participate that much, you know? It's not getting any better. What? It's not getting any better. You're a lurker who peers into people's lives. There is definitely a better way that you can describe that. No, I'm. I, but that's, that's all I do, really. I just kind of lurk. I must say, I haven't necessarily picked out Sharapova as the most interesting... I don't know. I always felt like hers was quite fashion focused. And uh, as a, uh, as you may have gathered from my description of my yellow fake bag, <laughs> fashion is <laughs> maybe not high up on my agenda, <laughs> especially kind of the, the high end stuff. Sweets, though. Now that is good. I like like the sweets, but I've never I've never tried a sugar pover. Something you have been in charge of um, is our website. Um, how how is that? Is that is that still there? Yeah, <laughs> look for a while. I think, so. <laughs> I think so. Once you put a website up, it's definitely there. Yeah, the website is still there. Um, again, uh, not a lot happening. I kind of lurk with the website as well, which is possibly not that <laughs> that helpful. But you've got all the latest episodes on there. Most recently, Turn on the Baseline, personal <laughs> favourite of mine. Uh, and <laughs> see, why would anyone want to learn more about me in my life when, when that is the contribution <laughs> that I'm making? It's ridiculous. But um, yes, no, uh, do check it out. It's uh, tennispodcast.com. I can't even remember what it is. I think that's what it is. Uh, try that. 
you'll get somewhere close. Dude, I mean, you've got to you've got to turn on jet lag. I think uh, someone who is being very prominent on social media because she is the U.S. Open champion is Bianca Andreescu, but she also has lost a match. Incredibly, I know. Hold tight, everyone. Brace yourselves. <laughs> Can't believe it. She's out. And actually, her reaction after she lost, she lost to Naomi Osaka, so <laughs> she didn't just lose to anyone. She was a little bit shell shocked, I think. Actually, on that match point it was a tight match that she lost but so exciting now the end of the year we've got Barty Osaka and Andreescu they are all now playing so well I mean how exciting is that they have such different game styles absolutely love how that is hotting up and you've got to think that one of them is going to win in Shenzhen but then Maybe it'll be somebody more experienced, like Pliskova or Svitolina, who's won it before. Uh, not in Shenzhen, but she's won that tournament. I'm so excited because it's a new event. It's going to be all shiny and sparkly, and I think they've thrown a, a fair bit of money at it. And everyone's playing really well, and that's exactly what you want. I would say that's the most excited you've sound all podcast. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that's a bit worrying, isn't it? Just as we come to the end, because we have to come to the end, because in Shanghai... It's approaching late. That's that's all I'll say. Which means that if we're, if we're starting to talk and sound a little bit random, it's only going to get worse from here. It's only going to go downhill from here, because I think there is a little bit of jet lag, and there's tennis to be set for and need to be on top form. But I want to talk about Shenzhen. <laughs> This is so exciting. I mean, we got to Halep and Kvitova and... Well, how about we do another special? Another special. <laughs> when, when does that come out? Shenzhen's happening soon. It's happening I soon. I don't know. I just keep talking about all these specials. I've actually forgotten what we're going to do specials on. But every now and then you say something, say I want to move it on. I say, let's do a special or I need to leave. <laughs> yeah, and I should clarify, really. Svitolina yes. hasn't actually qualified yet. It's Kvitova who's qualified already. So my bad. Sorry, everyone. Svitolina was in... Shanghai, or probably still is in Shanghai, with her other half, Gail Morfis, who lost today. So it's probably going to be heading out soon. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure she's she's getting ready, but she looks pretty certain to to get in. Yeah, you've got you've got a few others knocking around as well. But as I say, right at the top end of the game, Barty, Pliskova, Osaka, Halep, Andreescu. I mean, are you kidding me? These players are amazing. <laughs> They're playing so well. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm going over the top, but just genuinely, I think it's going to be an amazing event. Right, I have to go. You can you can keep going, but I've got to go. Um, <laughs> can I would you like. That? You... <laughs> Bye. I'm just going to do another 20 minutes by myself. I would love that. I think that'd be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I think you should take a photo of your yellow bag, even if you have to send it to me, and I will put it up for you. But I think we need to see the bag. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> let's make you let's okay. turn you from a lurker to an influencer i think it's a big ask but i think we're going to give it a go i can send you a picture <laughs> of my yellow bag and i think the overwhelming response will be that it is cool okay i've never been cool before i'm not saying i'm cool the bag is it's cool. cool and fake you don't have to tell people it's fake all the time but we've just told people that you went to a market a fake market and bought a fake bag they're not now suddenly going to believe it's not fake right send me the picture yeah i will put it up somewhere so people can see the yellow bag and we'll think of some specials and we will reconvene next week when we're both on home soil we will uh, unfortunately uh there will still be some jet lag around once we're back in London. One more week of jet lag. 
people, but then we're back to Europe for the rest of the men's. It's okay. If suddenly we find that no one listens next week, it's probably because you've told everyone it could just be a a rambling pod full of jet lag. (laughs) Get some sleep. Okay, good night. I'll speak to you soon. Night. 